It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. It is great to be with you on a Tuesday, coming to you from Paul Brown Stadium. On today's show, you're going to hear my one-on-one interview with Dave Lapham, and I'll talk with Bengals tight end C.J. Uzama, who's just as interesting to talk to, just as interesting as he is off the field, as the Bengals' offense potentially is on the field this year. You'll hear him on Tyler Eifert. And so much more on today's show. A quick reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. A complete practice recap of Monday's practice is up right now at LockedOnBengals.com, as is every single podcast. So it's your one-stop shop for the podcast, for info, for news, and notes throughout Bengals training camp, throughout the preseason, and throughout the 2018 football season. It is great to be with you, and as always, you can follow on Twitter at James Erpine and at Locked On Bengals. And let's dive into it. Let's get right to it. Dave Lapham joined me earlier today on Cincy 360. You're going to hear that interview coming up in about eight minutes. But first, I want to hear from C.J. Uzama, because this guy... I just got out of a Marvin Lewis press conference, and Marvin was talking about the the idea of having Eifert on a pitch count. And those aren't his words. Those are my words. But that's pretty much what he insinuated. He was talking about snap counts and, and whether Eifert should be in and how often he should be in, et cetera. And there's a couple things with that. One, Eifert looks about as good now as I've seen him in a while. Uh, it's certainly as good as he's been in looked all training camp certainly as good as he's looked really I mean he looked good last year during camp but probably since then so Eifert looks back he looks normal and it's just a matter of keeping him healthy I think the Bengals are going to have a certain strategy uh, of keeping him healthy by putting him in inside the 20s using him in the red zone where he thrives instead of throwing him the the seam routes over the middle where safeties are barreling down and just cracking him they might not do that anymore instead they might rely on Tyler Croft, who's a guy who certainly showed what he could do last year at seven touchdowns, was very efficient in the red zone. I think he had seven touchdowns in the red zone on 12 targets or nine targets. In fact, I think it was nine targets. I saw the stat the other day, and uh, I might be mistaken there, but I think I'm pretty close with that. And then it's C.J. Uzama, and those two guys make it much easier on Marvin to say, okay, we're going to play it safe with Eifert. We're not going to have him practice every single day. We're going to have him practice every other day because there's a drop-off, sure. There's certain things that Eifert can do that those guys can't do, but they're both really good players. They're both serviceable, and they can come in and make plays for you. So uh, I think it's very exciting. I think Uzama is excited about this offense, and uh, you could probably hear it in his voice. The fun part about this interview was about three minutes in, uh, CJ and I are talking about his training in the offseason and, and it, how hot it was in Georgia where he trained. And I asked him uh, about that, if it's good, if it's bad to, to train in, in hot weather like that. And in the middle of it, Tyler Eifert, I think, calls him a dummy or says something to him, calls him a loser. That's what it is. Calls him a loser. And the interaction between them, you only hear CJ's side because they're like yelling across the locker room. 
but uh, it's certainly pretty funny. So here's my one-on-one interview with Bengals tight end, C.J. Uzama. CJ, I appreciate the time. How was training camp? Obviously, this is your, let me count it right, third? Third camp? Fourth camp. Mate, you're getting old. I am getting old. How's how's training camp treating you so far? No, it's going well. Um, We're all all adjusting nicely, I think, to, uh, you know, the plays that we implemented in OTAs, and now it's just piecing them together um, quite nicely, I think, honestly. Uh, I think that kind of showed in um, the first game, first preseason game. I think we clicked uh, really well, especially in the first half. Um, but yeah, it's been going really, really good, and I think all the tight ends are pr- progressing well. And uh, but yeah, I think I think it's coming along, you know, quite nicely. How important is it to have success early, like you guys did, uh, with, with the first team, with a new offense, obviously, Bill Lazor's new system? I think it's good. I think it shows a lot of confidence, um, not only f- you know the, the coaches have in us, but that we have in, in each other and ourselves and um, everything that we've been working on. Um, I think that you know. I, at one point, I mean, I, I know the first half, I don't think we punted. I know we had the fake punt, but I don't think we punted one time. So um, I think that's huge for us, you know, momentum-wise uh, and knowing kind of establishing what we were going to do on offense and how the game was going to go and kind of just the game plan in general and um, figuring out our niche, you know. Uh, we, we have all these plays, and I think that's kind of what we're trying to figure out right now is our niche and what, what's going to be our MO for this for the year and, um, you know, what we run, uh, I guess, the most effective. Does it feel like there's unlimited possibilities with this offense? I look at all the skill players, including you and obviously the running backs, and it's just every level it seems like there's depth and there's talent and established players. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a testament to, you know, not only just ourselves but just the system in general. Uh, I mean, you see Joe out there um, split out wide, catching a hitch and turning it into a, a touchdown. So, um, And we got Ife back, which is awesome. I'm looking forward to playing an entire year with him. And, um, yeah, you look at just the depth at each and every position, it's – to me, it's absolutely insane. It's not. It's not fair. Uh, how much? How much skill we have? Um, and the offensive line is protecting well. And um, when we're able to establish the run early, I think that opens everything else up. So um, yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice for sure to, to watch all this come into place. In the locker room with CJ Uzama for a few more minutes. Uh, CJ, we haven't talked uh, about your off season much. I haven't caught you caught up with you. I know you were following the World Cup. Of course. What? Uh, how was that? How was your off season? It was good. Uh, I went over to Germany for a little bit. I was hoping that Germ- the, the German side would do a little better than they did um, just because I was over there. But, um, yeah, I went over to Germany and Austria with my parents and um, had a great time. Uh, you know, I, I love traveling and stuff. And then, yeah, I came back um, and just stayed um, at home in Swanee. I always go back to my high school and work out and stuff uh, during that summer period. So I was able to go back there. And it's hot. It's Georgia, Georgia heat is no joke. So, um I was able to, you know, do things there, and um, it was really nice to, you know, kind of unwind a little bit and then kind of pick right, right back up to where I left off. Is that beneficial, almost practicing in, in heat like that? And then coming up here, I, I mean, think it's hot I think out it, there, but I it's think not it, hot I think, well, it's, it's still hot. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but um, I think it definitely is beneficial. Um, there are certain times where I, I'm working out, and um, I usually do things by myself, so uh, I'm working out, and I'm just like, there's no way I can, I can run. I'm not a loser. You're a loser. Look at you. You're ready for an interview, dude. Um, you, you have a mullet. You can't talk to me right now. Um, but uh, but I, I think it definitely helps uh, working out in, in conditions like that, especially because camp, right when we come back, it was 90 degrees, and humidity made it like seem like it was 104. I don't know if it was actually 104, but it seemed like it was 104. So, uh, yeah, I think that definitely helps going back down south to, to train. Past camps, we've talked about you playing – 
uh, let's see, golf, uh, what was it called? Golf Clash. Go- golf Clash. Uh, you golf play Pokemon Clash. Go Pokemon one Go. year. Yep. There's got to be a game this year. What's your What's your game this year? <laughs> so, obviously, that Fortnite craze is going on, but it's been tough to go back home and stuff during this time. So, uh, I'm playing this game. Um, it's called Tin Tin, and I just got a uh, tie on it. I know Matt plays something similar. Um, it's kind of like Tetris, but the pieces, you got to look it up. It's Tin Tin with an exclamation mark at the end. Um, I got the Titans playing it right now. It's it's my high score is twenty one thousand. Um, it's 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 addicting. It's fun. Uh, I, I started playing it in uh, in Germany actually on like the train rides and stuff. Um, and so yeah, it's that's that's the game of, of camp right now. I'm about to download it and, yeah. and, and try to get twenty one thousand yeah, now. It's I think Ty's gotten a thousand. So it's uh, it's hard. Huh? <laughs> it's really hard. Really yeah. You yeah. know what? You you need to reach out to your agent and get an endorsement for some of these apps. Yeah, I mean, just, I feel like every training camp you're promoting. I mean, I, well, it's, <laughs> it's 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 a it's it's something that Kumaro and I actually did because we were like we gotta we gotta get something we gotta do something to take take you know the the ins and outs and the daily grind you know off of football for. 30 minutes you know so that's kind of like where it started and yeah I, I need to talk to him about it i need to get i need to get like a commercial for something i don't know we'll see we'll see i'll, I'll hit him up have you talked to jake at all speaking of that oh i talk I, to him every day yeah we snapchat every day talk every day um he's doing really well it's my guy man I, I love that he's doing so well up there and um yeah he's he's killing it so like pro bowl for jake kumro and green bay like hey, everyone I'll, can see it right i'll promote it i'll promote it right now they they they, they love him up there especially because he's from that area and um, he, he talks about all the Wisconsin Whitewater fans that he has. He's like, dude, it's nuts. It's awesome. I'm like, heck yeah, Jake. I love that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll vote him in for the, for the Pro Bowl for sure. Awesome. CJ, I appreciate the time. Yeah, for sure. So there's two things that stand out there. One, I've downloaded 1010 and uh, 1010 exclamation point. And I'm accepting the terms now. I'm letting it send me notifications now. And it is on my phone. And so we'll see how I stack up against CJ Uzama, who we talked about it after the interview, uh, 20,600 plus points. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm going to be that dedicated. We'll see. But he definitely needs an endorsement. The other thing is how tight these tight ends are. It's funny, CJ yelling at at Tyler Eifert, and you could tell how excited he was just to, to say, oh, Eifert's healthy and have him for a full year. If this team can have him too, it's scary to think about the possibilities. They, they have just looking at the depth, right? We're talking about like Bengals fans are excited about and rightfully so. Like you're excited about a guy like Auden Tate, who if he makes this team, there might be some red zone packages for him, but he's their sixth wide receiver. And I do expect him to make this team. I said he's a roster lock yesterday, but their sixth wide receiver. Think about that. That means one through five are pretty good, right? C.J. Uzama might be their third tight end, second or third between him and Croft, but probably their third tight end. Giovanni Bernard is their second running back. Mark Walton, their third, who's a fourth-round pick who they love out of Miami. Like, there's depth all over on this offense at the skill positions, and I think that's very, very exciting. That's why I said after preseason game one, it's okay to be excited because you see those flashes, and those flashes can become the reality if things work out for the 2018 Cincinnati Bengals. Up next, my conversation with Dave Lapham. I talked to him this morning. You'll hear that conversation as we roll on. But first, a word from Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. It's perfect with the NFL returning. And I have a special, special offer for you between now and August 31st. You have 17 days 
to get 10% off your Vivid Seats order. You can do it for any Bengals game you want. You can do it for the preseason finale against the Colts. You could do it for week one against India if you're making the trip. Maybe you're going up to Pittsburgh on the road. Maybe you're staying home and you want to watch their stretch of October games that uh, are at home, which Vontez Perfect will hopefully be in them. You can do all of that by purchasing them right now. VividSeats.com, the Vivid Seats app. And I got a special deal for you, 10% off. All right, 10% off right now since you listen to the Locked On Bengals podcast. All you got to do is use promo code Locked On at vividseats.com. That's promo code Locked On, going to get you 10% off. It's perfect. All orders are 100% guaranteed. It's very easy to navigate the site, very easy to navigate the app as well. And it makes it very easy to attend Bengals games at Paul Brown Stadium for 10% off. Again, vividseats.com, promo code Locked On. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get to it. Dave Lapham joined me earlier today on ESPN 1530. I have a show that airs every single weekday, noon to one. You can listen to that on the iHeartRadio app if you're not in Cincinnati. Otherwise, you can listen on 15.30 a.m. as well as ESPN1530.com. Uh, I just It was really good stuff from Lapham. It's something I know our Locked On listeners would love. So I'm just going to play the whole thing for you here on today's podcast because it's exciting, honestly. The, the stuff he says about Tyler Eifert to the defensive line, to the young wide receivers, to Andy Dalton, to the offensive line. There's a lot of good nuggets in here. And uh, that's why I'm going to play you the whole thing. I caught up with Lap earlier today. Here is my conversation with the legend, Dave Lap. I got to be honest, and I know it's just preseason, and there's plenty of fans that are going to look at it as such, and I get why. But that first team offense, after watching what the offense has done over the past couple of years, that first team offense looked fun. And I want to watch a fun offense this year, Dave. I hear that, James. You know, and. I, that's one of the things I was most impressed about was, you know, the new coaching staff, both offensively and defensively, the, the substitution patterns, the communication, all of that was really, really flawless. It, it, it was smooth. And uh, watching the, uh, the first half, I mean, they were running guys on and off the sideline, different personnel groupings, lining up in different formations. I mean, AJ had his catches out of different spots in the formation and everybody's interchangeable. That's the thing. Uh, Bill Lazor wants everybody to know every assignment, no matter you know where it is. If, if it's a five receiver set, you have to know all five, four receivers, three receiver, and so on. So it's, it's um, you know he's got interchangeable drill bits as such, and that's going to make it tougher for defenses to locate people and you know try to make sure that they don't find themselves in a mismatch situation, and then he'll put people in motion and window dress it and. He's, uh, he's doing a very good job of trying to formulate and create mismatches. and That was a lot of fun to, fun to watch. And Andy Dalton is uh, the maestro of it. He's, he's, he's been flawless. He's obviously got a real high football IQ. And, you know, that part of it, uh, you know, I, I think I mentioned that uh, story about 
when he was a redshirt freshman at TCU playing Texas at Texas when Mac Brown had him rolling and you know the, the USC for national championships. Gary Patterson was uh, you know was at a production meeting saying that um, this this redshirt freshman had he had redshirt seniors following him around like the lead duck and the ducklings were all in trail you know and, and he just understood everything about his offense and what defenses are trying to do trying to do to it. So this new offense has been. Very, very easy for Andy Dalton to understand and assimilate. Dave Lapham is our guest. And Dave, yeah, I haven't been shy to, to criticize Andy Dalton, especially in recent seasons. But it seems to me, at least the, the practices I've watched, and I've been down there for the majority of the time, obviously preseason game number one, he looks co- either more comfortable, maybe it's the new playbook, I'm not sure what it is, but he looks closer to the 2015 Andy that was a, a, an MVP candidate for 12 games versus what we've seen over the past couple of seasons what have you seen from Dalton, and, and is there any noticeable changes that that you've seen? I think uh, I think he's it's a comfort level. I think he's much more comfortable, tremendously comfortable, and I think he uh, is feeling that because I, I think he feels the offensive line is going to deliver for him. Um, I, when you when you get knocked around like he got knocked around, you know, last year, um, it wears on you during the course of the season, and, and it affects your your style of play, you know, you just, you're always looking over your shoulder and you're, you're kind of flinching, you know, when is it coming? When am I going to get hit? Am I going to be able to get this ball away? And I think that, that is, he's got a tremendous amount of confidence in what Frank Pollock is teaching up front. And in the early stages of uh, OTAs and training camp, his pocket was much different for him. It was more defined, you know, it was much firmer. Uh, he had a, a pocket he could actually move up and climb the pocket and, try to find uh, spots to throw the football. So I, I just think that, that he feels the confidence of everything around him like he did when he was playing so well and he was on the cusp of uh, the outside discussion anyway of uh, MVP. So I think he's got that type of ability. And when, when all things around him are operating at a, at a good, solid level of efficiency, it doesn't have to be dominant. The offensive line doesn't have to be dominant. But if they play solidly and give him and his weapons an opportunity to, uh, you know, to get in sync and to and to work some magic, it could be pretty special. Lap, we haven't seen much of, of Bill Lazor's offense. Obviously, just one preseason game and, and three drives, if you want to call that the, the interception where Ross fell a drive. But to me, I, I assume this offense is going to run. I, I don't want to say primarily through, but I think we're going to see more of the running backs this season than other years. Is that safe to say? And do you think that's a smart strategy given Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard's talent? Yeah, I think they're going to be highly involved, you know, running the football as well as um, using them, deploying them in, in the passing game. You know, Joe Mixon's touchdown pass, he was deployed as a wideout. You know, he was he was lined up as the widest receiver in the formation, the right side of the formation. And he got a mismatch. You know, he was, he was lined up. He was working against safeties and, and linebackers at that point. Made made one of each miss. So that's the kind of thing that has made Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the New England Patriots deploy their wide receiver, uh, their running backs all the time as wide receivers. You know, Rex Burkhead has joined that mix. He did that here in Cincinnati. Every one of their running backs, except the big short yardage goal line guys, uh, they will deploy as wide receivers. So it puts the onus on the defense. Do I stay base defense with linebackers and try to cover those guys, or do I go small and play you know, nickel and dime? Well, then they can tighten the formation back up and run the ball down my throat. So I think 
that's what the Bengals are going to have with their with their running backs slash being able to deploy them as wideouts, and then you know making the defense um, you know counterpunch instead of punch. Instead of them having to react to the defense, the defense is having to react to them. And then if the offensive line continues to come off the football like they've shown signs of doing, and we establish the line of scrimmage, you know, and you have smaller people out there trying to defend the run, that's a mismatch in your favor. If they stay base and you spread them out and you get those big guys in space, that's a mismatch in your favor. So, you know, hopefully, you know, you're never going to be 100% um, execution and, and success rate at doing anything in the NFL, but I think at a high level they'll be able to execute. I'm James Erpine with Dave Lapham. We're talking Bengals today on Cincy 360. And Dave, you mentioned the offensive line already. What is your early takeaways from the offensive line, and how much better do you think it is, and how much better do you think it can be than it was the previous couple of years? Um, I think it's. Uh, I, I I just think watching the offensive line, they're starting to capture the line of scrimmage. Uh, they're they're. I think they're going to get a lot better. I think they're just scratching the surface of what they can be. And, you know, everybody always talks about imposing your will. Can you impose your will on a, on a defensive front seven? And Frank Pollock is going to try to make sure that that happens. I mean, he's going to do everything that he can with every ounce of his energy <laughs> to uh, to make sure that these guys get off the line of scrimmage and, and capture the line of scrimmage. And the only way that, that I know that you can capture is to be aggressive, you know, and you can't be as passive as it's been the last couple of years. And I, I do think, you know, over a 23 year stretch, um, guys, not everybody was with him for 23 years. That's impossible. But guys spent their entire careers with Paul Alexander and, and everything got too comfortable. And I, I don't think that that's a good thing. You know, I mean, when we had success with Forrest Gregg, nobody was comfortable about anything. And Frank Pollock is of that school. He's that type of fiery, you know, personality. And, you know, hey, you, you were terrible at practice. You're not a starter anymore. This guy is you're going to earn your job back, or you weren't very good in the preseason game. Well, this guy played better than you, and if he plays better than you, he's going to play, and you're going to have to try to re-earn your job. So I, that's that's the way it is. It's open competition right now, and I think that uh, they're going to respond to it. Everything that that he does uh, is of, a, of an aggressive mindset, and that can do nothing but but help the offensive line, you know, establish a, a personality and then and then grow it. And I think that's what's going to happen during the course of the season. Lap, let's continue with the offense. One more question about it, and it's about the wide receiver group because I thought that Brandon LaFell coming into camp was certainly on the block. I thought his job was in danger. I was a little surprised that it came as early as it did. I think that shows that the Bengals are confident in their young wide receivers. What have you seen from these guys, from Auden Tate at the bottom all the way up to, to a John Ross, Tyler Boyd, et cetera, the guys behind A.J. Green, the supporting cast, how have they fared so far in camp? What do you like? What do you not like? Um, I, I like I like a lot of what I see, and I agree with you. I mean, I think everybody was surprised, including probably most surprised was the organization because they paid Brandon LaFell one point two million in terms of workout bonus and roster bonus. I mean, he he got a million dollar a two mil, a two hundred thousand dollar workout bonus and a million dollar roster bonus in, in March. So, um, you know, they 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 felt like he still was going to be a, a possibly a strong possibility he'd be part of the team, but the young guy stepped up so much in the early stages of camp that uh, that the coaches decided that uh, you know this is this direction we have to go and allow these guys more reps, uh, take take Brandon's reps and split them up with others because you know they're advancing and they're playing so well, and you know it's a, it's an 
unique mix. They have one guy, A.J. Green, going into his eighth year, seven Pro Bowls, made it every single season he's been in the NFL, perennial. Uh, he's elite. And then everybody else is three years or less experience. So it's, it's a very, very young group that is uh, in the prime of their athletic careers as well as their lives. And they have a great mentor in that eight-year, going into his eighth-year player who does everything right. I mean, he's a coach's dream. Bobby Bicknell, I've talked to him more than once about A.J. And, you know, he, he has the same thing to say that Coach Irvin did and others that have coached A.J. Green on sure during their career. This guy does everything right and is, is like a perfect practice player. And, you know, it's just an, the epitome of a model of a pro's pro for these young guys to emulate. And they have emulated them, and they're, they're working extremely hard, and they all have different skill sets and talents. And, and Malone can fly. Malone's mm-hmm. a big-body guy that can run 4-4. I mean, his size-speed ratio is crazy. John Ross has got, you know, the fastest 40-time recorded in NFL history. So you got speed. You got Auden Tate, who not a speed guy, but like AJ says, when he catches the football, he squeezes all the air out of it. He's got the strong, strong hands. He's long, and that's the thing. Malone's long. AJ's long. Tate's long in terms of catching radius. Andy Dalton has tremendous confidence putting the ball, you know, just close anywhere close to a lot of these guys. They're going to make plays for him. So uh, it's a it's a very very competitive battle at the receiver position, and competition breeds excellence. And, I think they're going to have a hell of a hell of a season as a group as well. Yeah, to me, I look at at this offense and kind of how they've regrouped over the past couple of years. And obviously, they upgraded the offensive line, invested a second round pick in Joe Mixon, a ninth overall pick in John Ross, and added guys uh, that I think he looks like Marvin Jones, a guy like Josh Malone. He looks like Marvin Jones a bit to me. Um, I don't want to pre-anoint him with that, but he, he certainly has looked good so far this camp. I look at some of the better offenses in the league, Dave, and that's what they've had. They've had different weapons like Ross, who's a quick guy who can return a or turn a, a seven-yard slant into a, a 30- or 40-yard gain, a guy who can go up and get it like Auden Tate, and all of these little interchangeable pieces, Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, on paper, and I know it's on paper, this Bengals offense, even though it was 32nd in the league, dead last in the NFL last year, I think could be pretty good this season. I, I do as well. I mean, in the first preseason game, you know, you're going to have big numbers. You're going to have a, a bunch of different receivers catch the football because there's so many receivers in camp. There's 11 in camp. There's, you know, a half a dozen tight ends. There's a bunch of running backs. So a bunch of people are going to catch the football, but they, they spread it around to a ton. I think it was like 13 different guys. Eight different receivers had a catch of 20 yards or more. Eight different guys. <laughs> so, I mean, that's now, now you're not just spreading the ball around. You're spreading it around <laughs> – down the football field. I mean, you're, you're trying to you're trying to make make big plays, and they all have capabilities of doing it. So I, I think that again, it starts with the offensive line. If the offensive line gives the quarterback uh, time and space, therefore he's giving the receivers time to uh, even run their routes more precisely and get more separation. It has a huge trickle down effect. I mean, it's and it's just the defense confidence. The defense goes out there thinking, man. Let's get a one, two, three in our let's turn it over. Let's let's go watch these guys on the sideline do it again. And it, it has a huge trickle effect. So I think that if the offensive line again, they don't have to be dominant, but at least solid. If they are solid, this football team can make some noise. If they're not solid, if they play like they played last year, they'll struggle to win six games like they did last year. If they play solidly, they could be, you know, a ten win or more football team. It it all 
starts with that group. I mean, it sets the tempo at practice, sets the tempo at games, it sets the tempo in everything that they do. And last year, it wasn't good enough. Flat out wasn't good enough. It might have been amongst the worst three in the league up front. This year, I don't think that's going to be the case. And, and I think everybody is going to uh, you know, benefit from it immensely. We're talking Bengals with Dave Lapham for a few more minutes. And Dave, let's transition to the defensive side of the ball. And is this a fair statement, or am I getting ahead of myself when I say that the defensive line is the Bengals' best position group? Boy, it's hard to argue. You know, they've got uh, two of their pro bowlers at that position group. Geno Atkins is, you know, it's Aaron Donald and Geno Atkins in, in, at defensive tackle. They're the, there are three techniques in the league that everybody talks about. When you have a three technique, a defensive tackle that can put the pressure on the quarterback like Geno Atkins can, you, you've, got, you've got something special. And then you couple it with Carlos Dunlap, you know, coming off the edge. Uh, multiple time pro bowler himself you've got you've got a one-two punch that uh you know that anybody would salivate over there's no question about it but i again i think it's it's an interesting mix you know depending on what happens with chris baker he's 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 going into his ninth year um you know you, you've got guys that are that are experienced michael johnson's going into his 10th um and gino has experience obviously we talked about but then after that it's a bunch of young guys you know, I mean, it's, it's guys that are just, just you know, up and coming guys, and, and, the, and the rotation is going to be extremely young. Jordan Willis is a as good an effort guy as there is, you know, maybe in the league. Sam Hubbard is cut from that same clock, and those guys give you everything that they've got, everything, and that's always good to have. Ryan Glasgow, same thing. I mean, a blue collar slugger, guy's my hero, man. He's not, you know, his <laughs> athletic ability isn't anything to write home about. But dude, that dude fights every single snap from the snap of the football to the whistle. Uh, Billings is starting to show, you know, some of the explosiveness and strength that, that he had before the knee injury. It's going to be, it's going to be a really, really good rotation. Not to mention Carl Lawson, who has got, you know, speed, power, quickness, big heart, big motor. I mean, blessed with a, with a bunch of things that are going to, you know, spill over to a very successful NFL career. So yeah, they could, I mean, there's, there's, possibility of pressure everywhere and they, they could run a quote nascar package and and have two two uh editions of it they could have nascar one and nascar two <laughs> that could really pressure the quarterback and and get the quarterback anytime you, you make a quarterback throw the football before he really wants to which happened to andy dalton a bunch last year your your chances for success increase dramatically no doubt one thing dave that, that i noticed in camp and it's it's certainly Interesting to me. It's the first time Adam Jones hasn't been here. So 2010 was the first year he's been here. So he's been here for quite some time. And now it's it's a battle for the fourth, fifth, and sixth cornerback spots, if that's how many they, they decide to keep. What are your early impressions of, of the young corners, the rookies, and Harris and Phillips, and then players that probably or haven't played much, like Kavari Russell so far this camp and in preseason? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a couple of guys that they're, they're, they're hoping to take a look at, uh, you know, that they they haven't been able to you know, due to injury, and, and that that's always uh, you know that's always disappointing. Shelton with the wrist injury, and and McCray, you know, with the ankle sprain. They thought those two young guys, you know, might be might be in the mix, but you can't make the club in the tub. You know, coaches just can't evaluate you. And I think uh, Harris is a big physical guy. You know, he's he's uh, th- trying to throw his hat in the ring. The thing that I'm sure they like about him, big big emphasis on stopping the run. You know, and putting the team in in passing situations. 
Well, cornerbacks and safeties, it's, it takes 11 people to stop the run. Everybody has uh, gap fit responsibilities, and everybody has run support responsibilities from the perimeter. And, and Harris is not shy about, about that. He'll get up there and get, get his nose dirty and be real physical. Phillips is a smaller guy. Phillips really showed up in the return game. I mean, he's got some dipsy do make you miss to him. He's short space quickness guy. Uh, so they like his ability to, you know, to, to cover. Um, but that fourth corner in, in Goodwin really showed up. I mean, this kid, and I expected him to. He's 28 years old, playing against guys that are going to be walking the streets potentially when he was in the game in that first preseason game. I, I would mix him in against, you know, better players in rotation. I mean, heck, he played in the Super Bowl for the Falcons, played in their nickel-dime packages and special teams. So, you know, here, here's a guy that has got some NFL experience, and he can he can run. He can blaze. He, he did a heck of a job as a gunner in special teams. Kavari Russell played light years better in the game than he has in practice. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was worried about him in practice, James. So I'm like, dude, he's getting, he's getting schooled yep. left and right. <laughs> he was like a spinning top out there. Like, he looked like a whirling dervish, you know, and – he got in that football game, and man, the dude's a gamer, you know. So he 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 played much better than he had been practicing. And you know, we're just talking about those those edge guys, uh, you know, the safeties. There's there's you know, nice little battle going on there too. Um, Henderson unfortunately got hurt, had that rib injury, but uh, they're they they like Beverett, they like you know, they like Henderson uh, and Wilson flashed his speed running down the 69 yard uh, run that. It was a four-point tackle, basically. He saves from them scoring a touchdown. He's he's a stud on special teams. I mean, they've got the, but top to bottom. I, and and again, it, it it continues. You know, calls I've made around the league, uh, all people that I trust. Everybody's like, man, our coaching staff. They say, you know, we might have thirty players. The Bengals have forty-two. The Bengals have as much roster depth as anybody in the National Football League. You know, we're, we're looking for. You know, to fill out 30 to 35, the Bengals are looking to fill out, you know, 45 to 50 in, in their roster. So uh, around the league, everybody likes what the Bengals uh, scouting department led by Duke Tobin and, and how they put this football team together. They feel like there's a lot of roster depth there. Final question for Dave Lapham and Dave, you've been great with your time. And, and let's let's do that. Let's talk about that, because I think the national perception of this team is as down as it's been in years, maybe since 2011 when Andy Dalton was a rookie. And just here locally, I think I've been on board after Marvin was back. Everything they've done from moving on from Adam Jones to re-signing Tyler Eifert to what they did in the draft, all of it makes sense to me. Do you think the national media might be sleeping a bit on the Bengals? Or are they right in their assessment that we should just take a step back and wait and see what we see from Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis, and the team? I can understand. I can understand why the national media is basically saying we're from Missouri, the show me state, show me something, <laughs> because you know the last couple of years it has not been good. Um, and but now they're not just flying under the radar; they're off the radar. I mean, nobody is even talking about them. The Cleveland Browns, with hard knocks and everything else, are getting a ton more buzz than the Cincinnati Bengals. And a lot of people are picking the Bengals last in the division. And all I can say is. Um, you know, the two times the team went to the Super Bowl, we were six and ten the year before we went eighty-one, and uh, five and five, uh, four and eleven uh, the, the season before they uh, they went uh, in in eighty-eight. So you know, sometimes when you're off the radar, good things can happen. You're not getting bothered by a lot of uh, distractions, a lot of media, national media attention. You're playing at one o'clock almost every Sunday, so your body. Uh, is is in this in this nice little 
routine and, and recovery mode, same recovery days every day. And uh, it's, it's, I think there's some pluses to it. Now, if they play like better than people think, they can get uh, flipped to some nationally televised games down the stretch, but it's imperative they get off to a good quick start. And I think to be not distracted um, and, and for everybody to think, you know, uh, forget about the Bengals. You know, who picked Philadelphia to win the Super Bowl? Who, yeah. who said Buffalo is going to go to the playoffs? And there's very little difference between a 7-9 and nine and 9-7 nine and seven team in this league. You know, you just have to, uh, you know, make a, have your playmakers make a few more plays, have your defense make a couple more stops. So uh, it's, 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 it's nothing's guaranteed, but I do like, I think it's going to be different. And I felt like it was going to be different for a long time with the six new coaching hires and, um, and Malden's energy level is, is just, he's, he's, he's regenerated. He's enthused. I, I, I think it is going to look a lot different. I think they have an opportunity to, to surprise, you know, a lot of people. And real quick on Eifert, you mentioned him. Man, when he's out there doing his thing 100%, mm-hmm. I mean, he is literally a wide receiver that's got a six-foot, five-inch body, 250 pounds plus that runs routes and has the skill set of a wide receiver. I mean, he is a mismatch nightmare. He's as good as Kelsey and all the other tight ends around the league that create these mismatches. And if, man, if the football gods would only be kind to him and give him a year, just one season of health, that guy could be, he could put up stupid numbers. And uh, with, particularly with all the other skill set weapons we've talked about. So who knows? But I do think that uh, they've got a shot to be pretty good. They just have to avoid injury to key, key components. And, and uh, that offensive line play at a consistent level, you know, just solid, solid week in and week out. They could be pretty good. They really could. He's Dave Lapham. Dave, I could talk to you all day. Instead, I'll let you go now, and then I'll bother you at practice today. I appreciate you coming on. All right, James, look forward to it. I'll see you at Paul Brown Stadium, my man. That is my guy. That's the dude. That's the man. That's Dave Lapham. Really good stuff there. And uh, he spent plenty of time with me, right? I interviewed him for 20-plus minutes, but I thought that was uh, an uh, important conversation for our Locked On listeners to hear. It's good stuff. It's good insight. And uh, that certainly won't be the last time I bother Lap to come on this podcast or to come on the show, in which case you'll hear from Lapham on the podcast. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Quick reminder, use VividSeats.com to get your tickets. Promo code Locked On going to save you 10% off your Bengals tickets. Just make sure you do it before August 31st. It's uh, great to be with you today. Tomorrow, you'll hear my conversation with Kavari Russell. I caught up with him earlier today in the locker room. He had an interception last week, had been struggling a bit in practice, but certainly showed up and showed out in preseason game number one. So you'll hear that conversation. I'll be in the Bengals locker room tomorrow as well, probably get another player or two. Plus, I'll be at training camp practice today. A full recap will be posted on the website at LockedOnBengals.com. Thank you so much for listening. As always, and a quick reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app. Do me a favor, while you're on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. That would be huge for the Locked on Bengals podcast. It helps get the word out to other Bengals fans, to other NFL fans that are looking for a podcast. And for my money, I'm the only one, I think, that does a daily Bengals podcast. So the more fans we get, the more listeners we get, uh, the better it is for everybody. And the the more I can put into landing hot-button, huge celebrity guests. Like uh, Dave Lapham. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Until tomorrow, I'm James Erpine, and this has been the Locked On Bengals Podcast. 
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.